And hello to you, wherever you are. Thank you once again for joining us on the Threes on Fire podcast, along with Sadell Boyd. I am Irving Henderson. Uh, John Eli is going to be on vacation for the next few weeks. He will be back soon. So if you guys are, you know, waiting to hear from him, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, let's get the show started with uh, scores from around Major League Baseball on Friday night. Uh, it was the Colorado Rockies over the Phillies, uh, five to four. Rymo Tapia with a walk-off home run. Uh, to hell with manufacturing runs. The Rockies got four of their five runs on solo home runs. Just bad night for the Phillies bullpen, giving up a run in the seventh, a run in the eighth, and then obviously the game losing run in the bottom of the ninth as the Rockies get it. It was the Cubs over the Brewers, 15-2. The Oakland A's with their 12th straight win. They beat the Baltimore Orioles, 3-1. The Kansas City Royals over the Detroit Tigers, 6-2. The Yankees beat the Indians, 5-3. The Red Sox over the Mariners, 6-5. The Blue Jays over the Rays, 5-3. The New York National League baseball team over the Washington Nationals, 6-0. Jake DeGrom Complete game shutout, 15 strikeouts, one of the most dominant pitchers in the game right now. Uh, was the Braves over the Diamondbacks, 5-4. to four. The Houston Astros over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Try saying that. Uh, in 10 innings, 5-4. Uh, the Angels scored two runs in the top of the 10th, only for the Astros to come back with three in their half. Jay Happ had a no-hitter going for seven and a third innings for the Minnesota Twins. It was broken up by Jacob Stallings with a double with one out in the top of the eighth. Twins still held on to win by a final of two to nothing over the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was the White Sox over the Rangers, nine to seven. The Cardinals over the Reds, five to four. The San Francisco Giants over the Miami Marlins, five to three. And... And what is set to be a really entertaining uh, repeat of last weekend series between the uh, San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers, the series has shifted to Los Angeles for this weekend. But on Friday, it was the Padres over the Dodgers 6-1. to one. Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, hit two home runs in this game. Now, it was 22 years ago to the date that his father, Fernando Tatis Sr., hit two grand slams in one inning against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. So little history was made uh, on Friday night. Uh, speaking of Fernando Tatis, uh, don't really do too many video game reviews here, but uh, MLB The Show 21 uh, released this week uh, across uh, the – PlayStation and now Xbox platform of games. So if you have a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5 or an Xbox One or the Series S or Series X on Xbox, you can now get your hands on the game. Uh, I've been playing it a little bit off and on uh, since last Friday, which is when the game released for those who pre-ordered it. And listen, the gameplay is still good. The menu screen is a lot better and more, uh, I guess, user-friendly. They also have modes now for people just now getting into the game where it's a casual mode where you can pick up and learn how to play. 
They also have the regular mode for, you know, players who have been playing for years like myself. Uh, but I, it, it's, you know what, there's, they, they, there's a lot of things they're going to have to fix. If I had to grade the game right now, I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, MLB The Show has consistently been one of the top sports game releases over the last few years. Like the Madden franchise right now is in a space where a lot of loyal EA and Madden customers are completely disgusted with everything that Madden has been putting out for at least the last two to three years. So it's an opportunity for, you know, MLB the show to jump in and try and, you know, pull some new fans in, but they're not off to a good start right now. I'm uh, moving on to hockey. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights began playing four years ago, and they have not been uh, a typical expansion team. As a matter of fact, uh, in their first season of play, the Golden Knights made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, lost uh, to the Washington Capitals, though. But this season, they have become the first team in the NHL to punch their playoff ticket. So obviously, the Golden Knights right now are obviously the best team in the league. But wow. if you notice anything about expansion teams lately when it comes to sports, they aren't struggling like they did, you know, back then. Yeah, they get real good real quick, it seemed like. You know, now, uh, you go back to, I guess that was uh, the 96 NFL season, the second year for the Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville and the, Jaguars. Jacksonville and Jaguars, both, yeah. And, and both of those teams made it to the conference championship I, game. I remember that. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, you were yeah. down there, so I, I would expect that you, like, that was – I mean, yeah, we lost to uh, we lost to the Packers and the Jaguars lost to the. No, they lost to the Patriots. No, Patriots, they lost beat to the Patriots. The, the Patriots. They beat the Broncos and one of the like. Broncos. That was one of the biggest like playoff upsets at the time. Like nobody expected Jacksonville to go into Denver and beat the Broncos like that, but. I mean, there obviously have been some, you know, recent franchises that have struggled some bit, some. Uh, I mean, I guess you would say, like, the Houston Texans, you know, they struggled for a couple of years. The, the new iteration of the Browns, I mean, it only took them a couple of years before they were a playoff team. Um, but you don't see that anymore. The Tampa Bay Rays have been in two World Series since their inception. Uh, the Diamondbacks won a championship after about what two seasons, three seasons before they yeah. won a champion. Yeah, so like almost immediately, <laughs> you know, you are not going to see. Uh, well, I mean, the Bobcats are like slash Hornets now are kind of like the exception to this. <laughs> yeah, you know, if we be honest, like they're they're kind of like the exception to to this whole like right. new trend of quality expansion teams in sports. Yeah, but they ran by MJ, so <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, they're 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 in they're in the, the race right now to make the playoffs this year. So I mean maybe they'll start a new trend for them, but it's taken them a long time to get their feet up underneath. 
right. Yeah, a long minute. Uh, wasn't it a couple of years ago? Like they had like they won eight games, which is the fewest amount of games won in a, an NBA season. Now, granted, they're fortunate that it was like uh, a lockout shortened year, but uh, still, games is ridiculous. Yeah, they were like eight and fifty three or something like that. I thought they had won more than that. No. No, they had uh, they had an even worse year than our tank year. Oh, listen, let me explain something to you. It was one of the it, it it's they 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 lost. But let me say it the right way: they won fewer games than the seventy two seventy three Sixers, who went nine and seventy three. Right. And oh yeah, so go ahead. I think we. I thought we did that in the process too. I think we were. Then we went only nine games that year, or did we win ten? No, I think it was ten. Okay, God. I think it was ten. I think it was ten. It, it definitely wasn't a lot. I, I, I know they didn't win too many games, and you know, the less memories I get to have about the process era, yeah, you know, I'll the be better. To, be so I think I have like, you know, I might have, I might have wiped that from my memory, man. I'm, I, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, well, listen, we're going to have uh, a, a discussion on uh, the greatest and worst number one overall picks in the NFL coming up in our main topic. But uh, speaking of the NFL, this has been one of the most trade-heavy off-seasons in the history of the league. Uh, on Friday, uh, the Baltimore Ravens moved uh, tackle offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Ravens also sent a second-round pick in this year's draft, as well as a six-rounder in next year's. Uh, the Chiefs sent their first-round pick and their fourth-round pick in this year's draft, as well as a fifth-rounder uh, in 2022. Now, this is a big pickup for the Chiefs. Uh, the yeah. 25-year-old uh, Brown, in seven hundred snaps last season allowed no sacks and no quarterback hits yeah this is the kind of guy you want protecting your franchise quarterback absolutely <laughs> reminds me of uh now, remember how the rams had orlando pace yeah yeah something similar to like that him and yes Yes, or and, and he's still young. He's still young. He's only 25 years old. Like, he's going to have time to be on the Chiefs and, you know, if he could stay injury-free, obviously, and have, you know, a, a pretty good career there as Patrick Mahomes' is protector. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting now it'll be interesting to see what the Ravens do because they're gonna have to replace that. They have to re- like that's a big hole. I think I, the reports are they're looking at Alejandro Villanueva, who's a free agent. He played with the Steelers. I mean, he'll be a good, you know, replacement, but he won't fill that spot, you know, the way that Brown did. For the Ravens, so we'll see what happens. Again, the draft coming up next week. Uh, finally, 
Later this year, a new basketball league is set to debut, uh, the PCL or Professional Collegiate League. Professional Collegiate League, okay. There's okay. an oxymoron for you. Very uh, oxymoronic. They, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, they've secured a TV and streaming deal uh, to air their league's games. Uh, all players must be enrolled in college, and the league will pay uh, players between fifty and one hundred fifty thousand a year, and that is as well as offering stipends to pay their college tuition. Uh, all games this season will be played outside of Washington D.C., but there are plans to expand the league throughout the Mid Atlantic region, including putting a team in Philly. Now, I want to say this. I'm all for this idea of a league for these younger players to get into who make the choice to not go to college. Because let's we, we can be honest about the NCAA system. You know, these yeah. kids are being, you know, I don't want to use the term exploited, but in a sense, that's exactly what's happening. You know, these kids are making programs money hand over fist and a coach can't even take a player to the store to get a sandwich without it being a violation of the rules. Right. You know, it's, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work out long term. I mean, unless this league has some, you know, great backers, I don't, Hold on a second. All right, folks, we had some technical issues here uh, during this uh, topic we were discussing about the uh, Professional Collegiate League. Now, my my thing is I do think that there needs to be an alternative for some of these players. But at the same time, you know, it's going to be tough taking on the NCAA. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know what kind of backing this league is going to have. But, I mean, they're not going to get any major television coverage. Not when the NCAA has deals with, you know, ESPN and CBS and, you know, I would have said NBC, but, you know, NBCSN is about to, you know, fold. Yeah. But, you know. The NCAA has uh, deals with Turner Sports. Turner Sports too, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. So I mean, what what foothold are they gonna try to get into the door? Especially when you also have like local, regional cable channels who cover college basketball. I mean, it's a good idea, you know, on paper. And it's a good idea in principle, but I mean, I don't know how they're going to be able to compete. I don't know how they're going to be able to compete, you know, and and they're talking about playing in the mid-Atlantic region where, okay, it's not a huge college basketball area up here. Right. You know, not that the college basketball isn't important up here. But it's not, you know, it's not at the same level as pro basketball. <clears throat> I don't see, you know, I wish them well. Uh, I really do. Uh, former NBA player David West 
is involved in this process. I don't, I don't, I don't know how long this league will survive. And, you know, we kind of saw it when uh, LeVar Ball tried his, you know, big baller basketball league and they didn't even make it through the rest of their regular season. You know, games began to get canceled and they were supposed to have a playoffs and that didn't like, I don't know the true viability of one of these leagues, but we'll see how, how long it lasts and if it does well at all. Yeah. I think uh, they just got to keep continuing to try to tweak these leagues and, I think through this, they'll eventually find either uh, a successful formula somewhere along the way, or they'll force uh, college basketball to uh, change. To you know, well, well, you kind of you kind of hope that that happens, you know, because they're gonna have to fix something. They're like the system is broken. There's no there's no denying that the current NCAA system is broken. Right. Something has to be done. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say that, you know, all of these players should be paid, you know, a salary. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. But when you have players who are going to school, staying for one year, you know, and in a lot of cases, you know, just barely staying academically eligible to make it through the season. And when yeah. the season is over, like they're like, all right, I'm good, I'm done. You know, so, prime example, Ben Simmons at LSU. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> ben they even made it to at least the NIT, and he was like, nah, good. Okay. And then the rest of the right. team just they just said, nah, we're not gonna do it then. <laughs> right. And 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 he admitted, you know, he admitted that, you know. Okay, I came, I played ball, season's over, there's no point in me going to class anymore. I'm going to the draft. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there there ha I mean, I know the NBA is trying something with extending the G League, but unless the NBA, you know, fully commits to that process, I don't think any of these upstarts are gonna be able to get a foot in the door. I don't. I think it's 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 it the equivalent of these upstart football leagues. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna come in and fizzle out fast. But what I was gonna say is, I always felt like uh, college players get uh, a a stipend, some sort of a spend, should be included within their scholarships or something. I don't know. I agree. I agree. But then at the same time now, like you're, you're still going to have that issue because a program like Alabama, when it comes to football, you know, they're going to pull in a lot of revenue. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, what happens, you know, but what happens to a school like, you know, just on like, like central Michigan, are, there, are those players going to get the same amount? <laughs> you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, that's, that's where that's where the the problem comes in, uh, right? Whoever right. whoever generates the most revenue, they're gonna be like, well, we could give our players bigger stipends, and uh, right. I mean, unless they, unless they force that to be all equal, but then 
I don't know, then you'll still have controversies and scams under the table money being dealt to people and I don't know. You know it. Yeah, you know so, it. And then and then and then you're gonna have a bidding war for players now. Right. As if it's so I mean but Oh oh it definitely is. It oh, definitely yeah, yeah. is. But now but now it's gonna be it's gonna be even worse at that point now. Yeah, yeah, because you don't open the door, so exactly it's a hard thing to really try to figure it out, but well, somebody will find a, a medium at some point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, again. Apologize for the, the technical uh, <laughs> error we just had. Uh, but we're going to discuss number one overall picks in the NFL draft, uh, the best and the worst. So you guys buckle in because this is going to be another good one. You are listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. No, I wanted to say before we started, that was totally me, man. That was totally me. I ordered food, and <laughs> and the, the delivery guy called me. <laughs> no, he was outside with my food. So it's like when I get a call, it, yeah, it, it, interferes, it. it interferes. No, it, it doesn't stop it, but it interferes with the, the sound quality. Like you can act oh, like. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. When I heard it drop, I heard it drop, and I'm like. I'm like, what's going on? Because I thought I thought my headphones was like glitching or something, and I, I was giving right. To, yeah. <laughs> no, like I've listened to a show where I've told people like, "Yo, don't call me while we yeah, doing yeah, the yeah, show," yeah. and people have called me anyway. Yeah, and it it's like it's, and I was like, "Damn, I need to answer that because I know that's my food," but at the same time, I'm like tapping on the floor to my son because I told him. To get my food, and he's not he downstairs. No, nah, he because he downstairs twiddling his thumbs playing Call of Duty. He ain't paying me no mind right now. Oh, okay, yeah, he's locked in. So yeah. it's like, all right. So now I'm like, all right, maybe I need to answer it. But by the time we, like, by the time I jumped off, uh, my son was at the door picking my food up. So <laughs> that was that was what just you know. No, that's it. That's it. I ain't, order, I ain't ordering no food while we on the air no more, man. <laughs> no, listen, listen. That that's all me. On earphones. That's all. That's all me, man. But listen, um, no, listen. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna pause and do like a segue into the next next part. Like I, we I, we're gonna keep this in. Um, welcome back to the Threes on Fire podcast. Yeah, yeah. Your your. Your your esteemed uh, host here, just having an all around like dippy dip moment uh, going into the show, and I knew I knew that it would happen, and I did it anyway. So um, let's get on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, all right, um, you want to go first here because we're talking about. Well, actually, no, I'll go first because let's let's deal with the worst first, and then get to the best. So the sure? NFL draft. Yeah, I kind of yeah. wanted to do the. All right, all right, now, nah, now nah, we're gonna do it your way. We're gonna do it your way because I, I, I just right. feel like it's it's easier to talk about the the, the and it's the mm-hmm. interesting part is the worst because it's just some of them are. All right, all right. All right well, you want to go first? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you go first. We'll we'll talk about the best first. No, we'll talk about the best first, 
And then, and then, because the the worst is going to be, you're right. The worst is going to be far more entertaining than the best. Because we know, because it's bad. It's bad. It's like it's like I don't know what it is about. I don't know what it is about us as a society where like the the worst is usually more entertaining than the best. It's just how it goes. It's just like you know, people want to see that. People want to see that train wreck for for whatever. Exactly. All right, so go ahead and kick it off with your top five best number one overall picks in the NFL draft history. Okay, so you want to bounce back and forth or you want straight in? No, just go ahead, go ahead and go straight in. All right, bet. So, uh, my fifth, my fifth, this is going to sound weird to say, my fifth best number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have OJ Simpson. Okay. Uh, fourth, I have. Uh huh. Third, I have Terry Bradshaw. Oh, interesting. I, okay. Second, I have John Elway, and number one is uh-huh. my man, my man Peyton Manning. Okay. And, and you know my boy Cam, but <laughs> that's that's my that's my. That sound like that's that sound like some team bias right there, man. A lot of team bias. All right, so so listen, right now, now I did mine differently than you, and 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 in fact, now now I'm thinking about it in retrospect. I think I kind of I'm kind of glad that you asked me to go uh, second, right? Yeah. Now I looked at it, and, and now I don't have five players per se. Right. Okay. But I have I have five instances of bad number one overall draft picks. Right. And I have them in certain categories. So I'll start with the first category I have as far as bad number one overall picks. And I'll well, wait, start wait, wait, with. Wait, 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 wait. Who's who's your good picks first? Oh, now my good picks were everybody you just named. Right. But I. I had it a little bit differently. I had Elway number two. I had Elway number two. Yeah. Wait, you had Elway number I thought you had Elway number three. No, I had you Terry know, Bradshaw. Bradshaw number three. Okay. Yeah, I, I had that same I had that same list. But actually who I had in my top five that you don't have in your top five, and I had him four. I had Chuck Bednarik. Ben, see? <laughs> you went all the way back to and, and mind you, that wasn't that wasn't hometown bias. This is a guy who is among the greatest linebackers to ever play in NFL history. And he's the last guy to play 60. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, can you I mean, imagine? Can you imagine a guy playing 55 minutes of the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, you told, yeah, you told that story. <laughs> and, coming, and listen, and coming up with, you know, the game-ending tackle to secure a championship, like, it wasn't like he was there. Like, he was out there, like, performing. So I had been at number four in my list. Okay. With Blackthorn yeah, not being who got left off? Bradshaw. Oh, you left Bradshaw off? 
Wow. I left Bradstone off my list. So I went uh, Elway, well, Manning, Elway, Bruce Smith, Chuck Bednarik. Okay. And OJ. And then OJ. Right. Okay. All right. So now, go ahead. No, no, no. No, I still like that list because I think about <laughs> Bednarik for a long time too. But, uh, I mean, I kind of, I kind of thought you was gonna actually find a way to squeeze that in there. So I was, <laughs> I had the foresight. Of- you had to know he was gonna make this list, man. You had to know it. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. I had the foresight to predict that. So, right. Go. All right. Now, um, now I have, a, I have, a, I have a couple of guys here at you know in my first category who chose not to play in the NFL. And I mean, basically, these are these are wasted number one picks. Um, in 1936, the first year the NFL ever had a draft, uh, the first overall pick went to the Eagles, and they selected Heisman Trophy winner Jay Burwanger. Now, <laughs> Jay Burwanger was the first draft pick to have a contract dispute with his team, right? And you think contract disputes are crazy now? Now, I know these are going to sound like pennies when I talk about it in this era, but Burwanger wanted the Eagles to pay him $1,000 a game, right? (laughs) The Eagles said, nah, we good, and then they traded his draft rights to the Chicago Bears, right? Now, Burwanger gets to the Bears, and he says, hey, I want $15,000 a year or a season, right? The Bears counter-offered him 13 and a half, and he said, nah, I'll work for a rubber company instead. I'm good. And he never played a down in the NFL, right? Yeah. Uh, in 1960, in 1960, the Los Angeles Rams took Billy Cannon with the number one pick, but instead of uh, playing with the Rams, he signed with the Houston Oilers, who were in the American Football League. And in 1979, Tom Cousineau was picked number one by the Bills, but he chose to play for the Montreal Alouettes in the CFL. Now, yes. Cannon and Cousineau eventually made it to the league, right? Yeah. But that's... <laughs> what? When, when you speak Cousin though, I had him as my number five on my worst on my on my bus. <laughs> for that reason, right? Yeah. All right. So now my second category is two more wasted picks, right? And they happen within a couple of years of each other. Now wait, wait, wait. Before we before both... you get into that, I just want to say Bills uh-huh. fans was kind of they were kind of salty about that, but later mm-hmm. on that they ended up, he tried to reinstate himself into the NFL. You know, the Bills still uh-huh. had his rights. They still had right. his rights, so he couldn't just pick a team. But the, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was the Browns that wanted him, so the Browns traded for him, and mm-hmm. the, the pick, and they traded a pick for him. And the pick that, that they traded for ended up becoming Jim Kelly. So the Bills kind of made out. Smart. Smart. Smart move. Smart move. And I don't I, – I don't – I mean – I don't think he had a he did he definitely didn't have a very good brief NFL career because he didn't play that long in the NFL. But nah, yeah, that's that's 
six, seven, eight years, something short like that. You know, you know, smart move to go to the CFL though, because you can get away with that kind of bad play up there, not down here. Like people are crazy down here. All right, so uh, my second category was another set of wasted picks, and these wasted picks happened within three years of each other. Now, obviously, in '83. Everybody knew John Elway was going to be the number one pick, right? Everybody. There's no denying that Elway should have been the number one pick in the 83 draft. Now, he flat out told the then Baltimore Colts, don't pick me. Him and his agent told him over and over again, work out a trade, send me somewhere else, or just don't pick me. Well, they took him anyway. Right? <laughs> right. They took him anyway. Now, when we talk about the what ifs, right? Last week, yeah. this is another what if. If Elway had not been traded to Denver, John Elway would have been a New York Yankee. Yeah. He would have played baseball instead. He would have been a baseball right? player. Yeah. So, but Elway not going to the Colts, you know causes a ripple effect whereby the very next year the Colts are moving from Baltimore to Indianapolis in the middle of the night with these Mayflower trucks. Right? <laughs> and and right. part of the reason why Elway didn't want to go to Baltimore was because he saw them as being like a dysfunctional organization. And he yeah. was right. Okay. Now, three years later, three years later in 1986, it was clear that Bo Jackson was going to be the number one overall pick. Well, Bo Jackson visited the Buccaneers before the draft, and he was flown on then owner Hugh Culverhouse's private jet, which was an NCAA violation, which meant. (laughs) He was no longer eligible to play baseball for Auburn. Right. Both felt like this was a, 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 craft, a, a, caref, a carefully crafted move by the Buccaneers to force him into only playing football. Yeah. So he refused to play for the Buccaneers, right? Mm-hmm. And they still took him number one anyway. Well, <laughs> both sat. Decided he would rather play baseball, and he re-entered the draft in 87. The Raiders took Bo Jackson in the seventh round. Because there there was concern by teams that Bo wanted to play baseball. Well, Al Davis, who, you know, didn't really give a damn about much anyway, said, fine, you want to play baseball? Fine, play baseball. You want to show up the camp, you know, you don't want to show up the camp, but you want to show up late into the season or midway through the season when the baseball season is over, fine. I mean, you know how talented of an athlete you have to be when football is your hobby sport? (laughs) This man played football for a hobby. He was carefully, like, he chose to play baseball full-time, and then when baseball was over, yeah, I think I'll go play football now. (laughs) Oh, I tell you, man, they don't make athletes like that anymore. 
All right, now my number three category here is about the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, oh my God. In talking about Bo Jackson, it was the Bengals who ended Bo Jackson's career. And I think ever since that happened, the Bengals have been cursed. (laughs) I think the Bengals are living under the curse of Bo Jackson because in the 90s, they were by far the worst team in the league. They had an overall record in the 90s of 52 and 108. Mm. Now, that's bad drafting. I mean, they're not picking anybody good in any of these drafts. So in 94, the Bengals had the number one overall pick. They took uh, defensive tackle Dan Wilkinson from Ohio State. Uh, He played four okay seasons, but never like the way a number one pick is supposed to play. You know, and then by the end of his time there, like he called Cincinnati a racist city. He called the owner racist and he wanted out and he ended up signing with Washington. But Wilkinson just, he was just, I mean, when you're the number one pick, okay isn't good enough, right? So how do the Bengals follow that up? Easy. They get the number one pick in 95 and they take Kajana Carter, running back, Penn State. Now, (laughs) up until Larry Johnson, like, there had to be an unwritten rule, like, you don't take a Penn State running back in the first round. Well, three carries, three carries into his first preseason game, Carter tore his ACL, was done for the year. Uh, his yeah. entire time in Cincinnati was, was injury plagued. He suffered two other season-ending injuries, and he only played in 35 of a possible 80 games in his Bengals career. Yeah. All right. I have I have Kajana Carter as as one of mine too. He actually comes in number two on my list. <laughs> yeah, he was. And, and, and for his and listen, listen for his career stats. <laughs> this is how bad it is. His career stats is a career total of one thousand one hundred forty four yards rushing and twenty t- twenty total touchdowns. That's a wow. good. That's a. a a good running back. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was this man's whole career. He couldn't stay healthy. He yeah. just could not stay healthy. And, and and I mean, it's sad when injuries are the reason you become a bust, but it, it is what it is. It's part of the game. And, you know, again, 35 out of 80 games, that's not even half not even. of the games that he could have possibly played in his time in Cincinnati and yeah just just it was it was sad to see too like I remember the play like he was trying to cut through the hole and he just crumpled he just crumpled it was like nobody touched him down he went and you kind of knew you kind of knew like yeah that's that's you know running back torn ACL not good not a good combination all right so my fourth category are, is, is the Cleveland Browns basically doing the same thing that the Bengals did with back-to-back number one picks and neither one of those picks panning out. Now, uh, 
the Browns had moved to Baltimore. They became the Ravens. The league considered the Browns still in operation, but operation was suspended during that right. time that they weren't in the league. So they were set to come back in 1999. The league gave them the number one pick, and they took Tim Couch. Now, this was one of those picks where Couch was just basically set up to fail. And the only other situation I could compare it to is the Texans taking David Carr, right? Yeah. <laughs> Couch took a beating. You understand what I'm saying? He took a beating for five years. Now, I will say this. While Couch is, you know, he does have that bus label on him, he led the Browns to the playoffs one year. They, yeah, I was going to say they did make the playoffs. He led the Browns to the playoffs in 2002, but he got his leg broken in the final game of the season and didn't play in the playoff game. So he got them that far and didn't even get an opportunity to enjoy, you know, his success in that one year. Also, Tim Couch is actually a part of NFL history. He is the only quarterback in NFL history to complete game-winning touchdown passes with no time left on the clock. He did it twice. He did it in 1999 against the New Orleans Saints, and he did it in 2002 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But for as bad as Couch was, or people think he was, Courtney Brown was way worse. <laughs> yeah, and and before you go into this, uh, mm -hmm. I, I have those two. I have those two coupled together as three and four. <laughs> mm. Oh, so, oh yeah. So so yeah. we we we've been on the same page. Your whole list from mm -hmm. uh, Tom Cousins to Kajana mm -hmm. Carter to now Tim Couch and Courtney Brown. Go ahead and 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 keep it going, my brother. <laughs> well, no, Brown had four and a half sacks in his first season, right? Yep. <laughs> Which, I mean, Which that's okay. not good yeah. enough. No, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. You know, and, and but he couldn't, another guy couldn't stay healthy. Couldn't stay healthy. Couldn't stay healthy. He totaled 12 and a half sacks over his last four seasons. He only played in 31 games. His last season in Cleveland, he only played two games before he was lost for the year. Yeah. I mean, if you wonder why the Browns right now are, well, were, I don't know a better place now, but if you wonder why the Browns had so much limited success since coming back to the league, it's stuff like this. Not picking the right guys when you had a chance. I mean, he wasn't a number one pick, and I wish that he had been because Johnny Manziel definitely would have made my list, and Johnny oh, Manziel yeah. probably would have been at the top of my list, but I saved my final category for no, wait, the wait, most wait, special wait. number one pick of all. Before we say that, uh, another bad part about uh, Tim Couch and Courtney Brown is, Tim Couch, uh -huh. that, that year he was picked, Donovan McNabb mm -hmm. was picked second. He was picked second that year. <laughs> oh, and let me tell you something about McNabb. He 
torched the Browns every chance he got <laughs> because he was pissed that they did not take him number one. <laughs> and uh, Courtney Brown, I think the year he got picked, uh, uh, somebody good, uh, LeVar Arrington, a good linebacker, might have mm-hmm. been picked second. I think it was mm-hmm. Arrington. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think Erlacher. Mm-hmm. And well, Brown, Brown, and Brown and Arrington both played at Penn State, Penn State and yeah. it was a it was a toss up of which one of them was going to go first. The Browns just got the bad end of the deal. They did. They did. All right. So my final category for worst number one overall picks is Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. His own category. That's where he belongs. No, no, no. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's it. No, I don't really. I mean, there's nothing to say after that. Like, I mean, you just say Jamarcus Russell, and there's there's the conversation right there. I don't think we even need to go in to any of the details about Jamarcus Russell. He is easily, <laughs> by leaps and bounds, the worst. He might be the worst number one draft pick in sports history. Uh, I'm talking all sports. All sports. All of them. I can't think of anybody that just why, (laughs) why, (laughs) what made the Raiders think this was a good idea? I mean, oh, this dude, man, just the absolute worst. And and the, the funny thing is, if I'm not mistaken, there was a year where they were really bad, and they beat a team. I can't remember which team it was. It might have been the Chargers. I'm, I'm thinking it was the Chargers that they knocked off to keep them from making the playoffs. How do you <laughs> lose to Jamarcus Russell with your season on the line? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, listen. I'm listen. I was sitting here thinking NBA. I was thinking baseball. I was thinking hockey. I was looking at every single last sport this week. Like, is there a number one pick worse than Jamarcus Russell? And no, no, there no, there isn't one. Now I'll tell you like this. Now if you have one, anybody listen, if you have one, please feel free to give it to us. But I don't think there's anybody you're going to give me worse than Jamarcus Russell. Anyway, <laughs> the NFL draft starts the NFL draft starts next Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Thursday? Thursday. You know, you know it's become a primetime event now. You know, I remember back when the draft was, you know, Saturday morning. Now, and I mean, they ran all seven rounds in that one day. Like ESPN would air like the first two or three rounds, and then you'd get the crawl at the bottom of the screen of who the next picks were. Yeah, you know, and then then they like they expanded coverage, and then then they started showing the entire draft. Then they changed the draft to two days, so the draft was you know Saturday and Sunday. Now the draft is three days. Yeah. The draft is three days. It's become a full-fledged event now. And 
the best thing, the best decision that the league made was putting the draft in cities and turning it into like a big time party. Yeah, I still remember when they had it here. Uh, it yeah. Oh, it was the best thing about the draft that year was the NFL season basically started on Ben Franklin Parkway with the draft, right? Uh-huh. And ended, ended on the parkway with the, <laughs> the Super Bowl celebration, which was yeah. great. Like that, that was great. But I think, I think, you know, Chicago and Philly showed exactly how it's supposed to go when a city hosts the NFL draft. Now Dallas had it, and they turned it into a bigger spectacle because they have much, they have much more space down there where AT&T stadium is. Mm-hmm. So they have more interactive events for the fans than they did in Chicago and Philly, but just because they had more space to do it. But I think if you take those three, those three, those three cities showed you how a city should host the NFL draft. Now, I don't know if they're going to do it this year like they did in years past because, like, we still have uh, COVID protocols going on right now. Yeah. You know, last year's draft was, you know, different because everything was done, you know, virtually. virtually. Yeah. You know, and I, I can tell you, like, honestly, I can't wait for fans to be allowed to do normal fan stuff in all of sports. All of them. Like I've been at, I've been at Citizens Bank Park. The energy in the building every time I went was pretty good. But there's a different energy when it's ten thousand fans, uh-huh. as opposed to when there's thirty thousand fans. Yeah, when you can pack the house, it's, it's always yeah, electric. right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we're gonna get into um, the NBA. And then we're going to get out of here. Uh, you are listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. All right, we're back to close out the Threes on Fire podcast this weekend. Uh, but before we do, I mentioned uh, – going to Citizens Bank Park. Anyone listening that has not been down there yet, uh, let me give you some uh, quick little uh, protocols that you're going to need to follow. Number one, um, all transactions are cashless, so you're going to have to use your debit or credit card for any purchases you want to make. If you buy an alcoholic beverage, you will have to buy a food item as well. So if you just want a beer, you're going to have to buy a pretzel or some Cracker Jacks or some peanuts or something to go along with it. Uh, ladies, if you have a bag, it has to be a one compartment pocketbook or purse. Can't take the thing that you pack your half your life in when you go out the house. They will make you put your uh, your pocketbook or purse in a locker. Uh, it's $10 and you have to download the app to the company that is controlling the lockers. Finally, um, seats 
next to you in your section, either directly next to you or in front of you, will be uh, zip tied so no one can stay there. Please don't be like the dumbasses who were at the game. My wife and I attended the first time this season and pop those uh, zip ties off. Okay, please don't do that. Don't do that. Like this, this, this absolute dumbass popped the zip tie off and put it on his ankle. <laughs> Stadium staff had to come with scissors and cut it off of him. Now, me personally, I'm the type of, you know, sorry, I'm the type of asshole that I would have said, man, you need to go to the hospital because I ain't doing it. <laughs> Nobody told you to break off the zip tie, you dumbass. All right, so just just be mindful of those things. Oh, it's and expect yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> drunk Why? People, drunk people do some of the dumbest shit. All right. Oh, and one other thing: expect long lines uh, for concessions, no matter what it is. Beer, food, expect there to be a pretty lengthy line. So I would I would really advise the gates open 90 minutes before the game starts. I would advise being down there early enough if you plan on getting something within the ballpark. All right, moving on to the NBA. Let's give our scores from Friday night. It was the Atlanta Hawks over the Miami Heat, 118 to 103. The Brooklyn Nets over the Boston Celtics, 109-104. to Oh, I'll get to that in a minute. The Hornets over the Cavs, 108-102. to The Clippers over the Rockets, 109-104. to The Wizards over the Thunder, 129-109. to what, what something's getting into Washington, man. They have been playing pretty damn good down the stretch here, trying to make a playoff push. Uh, it yeah. was the Golden State Warriors over the Denver Nuggets, 118-97. to uh, Now, in this game, the Nuggets lost Will Barton less than a minute into it uh, with a hamstring injury. Uh, the Nuggets are already dealing with the loss of Jamal Murray, who's out with a torn ACL. Barton said he felt something pop in his right hamstring, and that is not good at all. The Nuggets right now are going to have to lean heavy on MVP candidate Nikola Jokic. And finally, the Grizzlies over the Trailblazers, 130 to 128. All right, now the Sacramento Kings uh, are 11th right now in the race for the final spot in the play-in, uh, but their prospects of catching up to the Warriors and Spurs for that last uh, play-in spot just took a brutal blow as the Aaron Fox has been placed in the COVID protocol. Fox is going to miss at least the next five Kings games. Uh, the Lakers and Mavericks, yeah, that, yeah, that, they're like, they're, if I'm not mistaken, they were like either five or four and a half games out. I mean, this was a crucial time for them to try to climb back in. They play Golden State. On Sunday, so this was the absolute worst time to lose their best player. Uh, the Lakers and Mavericks are the ABC Saturday primetime game. Dallas is currently two and a half games behind LA for the fifth spot in the West. However, they are only a half a game in front of Portland, 
to stay out of the play-in spot, which is number seven. All right, and here's the thing. Uh, the Sixers take on the Milwaukee Bucks Saturday afternoon. Uh, they will be without Ben Simmons yet again. Uh, the Sixers have now lost three in a row, including a not-as-close-as-the-final-score-looks loss to Milwaukee on Thursday. Truth be told, the Sixers got their asses handed to them in that game. Uh, now, coupled with the Nets' win Friday night, the Sixers are now a game and a half out of the top spot in the East, and the Bucks are gaining on them as well. Now, I'm not going to say that this next game uh, is a must-win, but the Sixers have got to stop the bleeding. They have to. This is not the time right now for them to be going on any extended losing streaks. But I want to say something to all of you Ben Simmons haters out there. And, I'm, and I don't throw that word out a lot, but I'm throwing it out in this instance because I have starting heard, with, So starting with me. I have heard almost all year about how this team doesn't need Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons isn't good enough. They need to move on from Ben Simmons. And I have been the one saying this whole time, if you've heard me from the time we started this show, I have told you that the Sixers will only go as far as Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will take them. Now, it's great that Tobias Harris has stepped up as the third guy. But at the same time, you need both Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on the court together for this team to have the type of success that the fans in Philadelphia want them to have. All I want y'all to do is finally admit that Ben Simmons is important to this team. You can talk about the fact that he doesn't shoot You can talk about the fact that he doesn't play as aggressively as we wish he would sometimes, but you are not going to sit here and tell me that he is not an important part of this team. You can't. Well, I didn't go so far as to say he wasn't important. I just, I'm one of the more people that just like, well, he's not good enough. (laughs) But, uh, oh, he's definitely important. The, the second most important player for the team. Cause, yeah, uh, but I've heard people saying they don't need him. Uh, we definitely need him. I mean, <laughs> look at look at nah, how, people. It, look at the disarray that our our offense is in without him. Man, look, people want to take Ben Simmons and walk him to the city limits and pack his bags and send him on his way. I mean, I'm more of the person that, that wants to – I would rather have a different elite point guard than him. He's not my – he's just not my cup of tea as far as how a point guard should be, if, if that makes sense. No, I, I get mean, that. I get that. But I, I, I'll tell anybody, you know, who will listen that I understand what Ben gives the Sixers on the offensive end is not enough. But he more than makes up for that for the way he plays on the defensive end. Yo, he may not be, he may not be scoring, he may not be scoring points, but he ain't giving points up either. And oh, by the way, I want to say this and shout out to my brother Ike on this. Um, I didn't notice it until he said something to me about it. Um, 
can somebody have a conversation with Shake Milton? <laughs> like, can somebody tell him that he's not this superstar that he thinks he is and how every time he drives to the basket, he's thinking he's getting fouled and he's putting his arms in the air. He's complete. Yo, my man, play ball and shut the hell up. <laughs> like, like personally, personally, when Ben comes back, give those minutes to Maxi and anchor Milton to the bench for the rest of the season. Whoa. I mean, unless it's a blowout one way or the other, Shake Milton need to stay on the bench. You going to demote and Shake like that? Listen, I'm telling you right now, I'd rather see Maxi in there right now. I'd rather see Maxi. Well, I'd rather see Maxi. Now, if Maxi if Maxi doesn't prove his worth, then yeah, obviously you don't have any choice but to go back to Shake Milton like they did earlier in the season when Maxi wasn't playing right. Shake Milton got those minutes. Now Milton's not playing right, and unfortunately, he has to get those minutes because Ben is hurt or sick or whatever the situation is. They're saying he doesn't have COVID, but whatever he has is like enough to keep him out, you know, long term. I don't. I don't want to misdiagnose it, but I think they said he had like the regular flu. <laughs> it's so, possible. It's possible. Yeah. You know, the, but they said it like the, the league has to be honest about injuries and and people being in the COVID protocol. So the Sixers can't sandbag and say it's not COVID if it really is. So he he's down with the flu right now, which okay, things happen. But I'm telling you right now, like, like. Well, see, that's where that's where George Hill, above ass, supposed to be able to step right in and hold it, hold down the fort for a couple of games, and yeah, we that's going. All right, listen, it's, George Hill. George Hill hasn't been. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been terrible either. But George. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit up here and like he just got to the team. I know. I just went. He just got to the team. <laughs> Hey, yo, and you, you and John, y'all gonna keep taking shots at George Hill. All right, y'all got it. I'm gonna let y'all have it. I'm gonna let y'all until you do something until you do something good, man. He got to earn well, it. Well, I hope he has a good game against the Bucks uh, Saturday afternoon. The Sixers right now, they need a win in the worst, in the worst way. In the worst way. They, and you know what? You you right about shit though. Uh, they they. And point guard because I've missed the last couple of games because they come on while I'm at work. But yep. no, point guard in this meantime, like you mm-hmm. said, like you just mentioned, he's new to the team. So, all right, you can't expect him to just come in and boom, be the starter. Uh, we, we know Seth, Seth is not a, a natural point guard, Jake's not a natural no. point guard either. The, the most, no, the other, the only other natural point guard on the team is the. I mean, yeah, he's a rookie, but I mean, from what I saw earlier in the season, he can hold it down a couple of games, at least twenty minutes a game to start it off. Until mm-hmm. until you know we get Ben back in the lineup, and I I, I just think that would be the more uh, uh, cohesive way to go about it. Well, all I know right now for the Seventy Sixers, they they're gonna have to. Hold on as best as they can until Ben Simmons gets back. And 
again, like I said, there I've heard almost all season people just want to trash Ben. And I mean, don't get me wrong, when he plays bad, he deserves all of the the criticism for how he plays. But if you're going to sit up here and tell me that he's not as important to this team as Joel Embiid, I I, I can't take that. I I, I don't want to hear that. I, he is, and they need him right now to get back on the floor as soon as possible. Hopefully, when this run of games is over with, and mind you, I didn't think, wow, I guess this is one of those technical difficulty days, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what's going on today, but uh, no, I was saying before we got, uh, I don't know, before the whatever just happened, happened. Listen, yeah. I didn't think that we would be sitting here after last week talking about, you know, this stretch of games that the Sixers had that they wouldn't have won any of them. <laughs> you know, I figured right. at least two of them. You know, now yeah. they 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 got to come up with the win right here. They have to come up with the win against the Bucks somehow, some way. Even if it's ugly, they have to come up with a win to get the Bucks from breathing down their neck and to keep pace with the Nets. Yeah. All right, so uh, Sadell, give us your MVP tracker this week. Who you got in your top three uh, for the MVP vote this week? All right, so. <laughs> oh, man, bro. You are possibly going to be very upset with me. We'll see. For, <laughs> for the number three guy on my list. Right? Okay. Go ahead. All right, I'm ready. You better. I'm ready for your backlash. You better not say Julius Randle. Julius Randle. <laughs> Listen, man. Um, he's putting up KG in his prime type of numbers. And I mean, the Knicks have been on fire a couple weeks, and they've all they moved all the way up to number four in the East. Uh, All right, twenty three. I want, I want me, people to know stats real quick. Let me run down stats real quick. But uh, 23.9 points per game, 10 and rebounds per game, 1 assists per game, and he's 1% from the three point line. And for those categories, he leads his team. I want people to know something, okay? You and I, during the week, Okay, and even up to going on the air, like there are certain aspects of the show that we do discuss. And then there are certain aspects of the show that, you know, we don't reveal to each other until we get to that segment. I had no idea that Randall was going to be in your top three this week. But at the same time, I've seen how he's been playing. So I yeah. totally understand it, but you know I have like a New York bias <laughs> here because I can't stand New York. So I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of don't want to give him his due, but I have to. So, listen all right, who, who, jeez, no, listen, the Knicks right now are are playing better than they have in ages, and. <laughs> 
since all I can say is this is this is going to be you know this is going to be a very interesting playoff time all across the league. But you know, I, I you know what I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, and it, it's hard for me to say it, but it, but I know it's true. But I I know personally that it's true. The NBA is a much better league when the Sixers, Knicks, Celtics, and Lakers Lakers. are all relevant. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? They don't have to be great, but they have to be relevant. And we've seen over the last, you know, couple of years where one or two, and in some cases, even all of them, have fallen out of being relevant. So I am, I'm, I'm glad I'm like, and glad in quotation marks, I'm glad to see all of these teams having a semblance of relevancy right now in the league. (laughs) Yeah, it is. uh, It is exciting. It's better that way. Yeah, it is. Um, It is. And then, so, uh, you want me? Can I move on to number two and number one now? <laughs> Go right ahead. Okay. You know the fast. The faster we stop talking about the Knicks in lovingly ways is is right <laughs> is perfectly fine with me. You, you get there quick enough, right? Um. <laughs> no. Nah, yeah. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Come on. Let's move on, man. Okay. I mean, and, and number two and number one, uh, two is Jokic and number one is Embiid still. So ain't nothing too much. Ain't nothing changed there. Well, right now. What, what is true about both of these teams is they're missing their other guy. And yeah. now with, you know, I mean, Tobias is back, but then, you know, Embiid was missing, missing both other guys. And now, now the situation in Denver with an injury to two guards with Murray and now Barton, Jokic is going to have to be leaned on a lot more now. And again, I give I give him B you know, he has he has stepped up the way he was supposed to. The guys around him also have to bring something to the table. Same thing with Jokic. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's happened with Seth, man. What's happened with Seth Curry? Well, he's still like in the pro. No, he's still in the process of recovering from COVID. Yeah, I guess. I guess some people it affects a lot more than others. You know, listen. At this point, like, like honestly, at this point with the Sixers, I'm kind of at this stage of okay. Let's get to the playoffs and do what we have to do in the playoffs. Like, I want them to finish the regular season strong. I would love for them to get the number one spot in the, in the conference, you know, to avoid having to match up with either Brooklyn or uh, uh, Milwaukee in the second round. In the second round, yeah. All right? Consequently having to face the other one in the, yeah, in in the, the conference, conference finals. finals. Right. Yeah. Long hard road. So you know, you know, I, I'd like I'd like the Sixers to take the path of least resistance, but at the same time, we know we know what the talent level is on this team. 
we know how good this team can be. So at this stage, it's more of, okay, you guys have to be healthy or relatively healthy because nobody is healthy, in quotation marks, by the time you get to the playoffs. (laughs) You know, and right now, you know, every team in the mix right now is dealing with something or another. Yeah. So, you know, just uh, just holding on for dear life right now. All right, so let's move into our power rankings for the week, and uh, I'll let you kick it off this week. Who do you have at number 10? I have the Hawks at number 10. Okay, I also have the Hawks at number 10. Um, the team we've been talking about way too much in this segment, uh, I have the Knicks. I have the Knicks at number nine. I have the Knicks at number nine. I have right. uh, <laughs> I have the Bucks at eight. I have the Lakers at eight. I, I now I have the I have the Nuggets at seven. Uh, I have Celtics at seven. Ooh, and I have okay. interesting. Uh, I have the Nuggets at six. All right, now I have the Bucks at number six right now, and. Unfortunately, with the week that they've been having, I have the Sixers down to number five this week. Um, I have the Nets at five. And I have the Sixers at okay. four. Now I have the Nets at four. And the Nets made it at four. They jumped it. Like, if the Celtics had beaten the Nets, the Celtics would have made my top ten, and I still would have had the Sixers above the Nets. But I have yeah. the Nets at number four. Um, I have the Clippers at three. Yeah, I have the Clippers at number three this week. Um, number three for me is the Jazz. Ooh, and, drop uh, the Jazz. Okay. No, 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 no. I I've elevated. Last oh, where did you? You had them at. You had them at four had, last week. Okay. I had them at four last week, and now they're number three. Okay. Uh, number two is the Clippers. All right, I have the Suns at number two. And I have the Suns at number one. You have the Suns at number one, and I have the Jazz number one this week. The Jazz, you know, they they kind of I mean, still in that spot. Like I, I think you can well, you can flip you a coin. Uh huh. Wait, did we do it again? What, we did it uh, again, didn't we? The top five, just in like different kind. Just in op- yeah, just in different order, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did that. I think it's been <laughs> consistent, though. I think it's been consistent that our top five has pretty much been the same, just they've been moving all over the place. Yeah. And I wanted to put the Clippers at one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, dang, I forgot, I forgot what happened to make me not do that. I think maybe because, uh, man, they lost – no, I think no, no. They've been beating up on just like regular teams, you know. They right. haven't knocked off anybody tough. Except mm-hmm. Portland, I think Portland was their toughest matchup, and they not them. So it's like that's not. Well, what was that? What was that after? Uh, no, I mean after after we went uh, after we went on the air last week, they lost to the Sixers, right? Yeah, we that was last Saturday, there. right? Right. Yeah, we beat them last Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, then they then they beat everybody else since. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, they took care of business. And the fact that the Sixers went last week, I had Sixers above the Clippers. I had Sixers number yeah, two, so did I. Number, and the Clippers number three. And I had the Jazz number four last week. Yeah, I had the, so, I had the Sixers number one last week. So this was just this was a bad week, and 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 that that loss to the Bucks was not good. Like they were, I mean, they made a furious attempt at coming back, but it was not good. Uh, the well, loss to the, the Suns. The loss to the, I mean, the Suns are number one right now. So, right. <laughs> uh, the loss to the Warriors is is what did it for me. It's like the way they just let Steph Curry come in our house and. Uh, oh, hold on, man. Let me let me now. Let's be out there. I forget where was. No, it was it was it was, it was it was here. But let me it let me say here. something. Let me say something about Steph Curry, man. All right, <laughs> Steph Curry needs to be guarded the moment he steps off the team bus. You understand? Somebody needs to be in his face the moment the bus hits the parking lot. I'm talking down in the defensive position, hand in his face, all the way to the locker room. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, it, it was Steph. I could see if it was some, you know middling guy who had a night against the Sixers. And we've seen middling guys have nights against the Sixers before. But it's Steph. You understand? When Steph is in that zone, I don't think there's anything you can do to stop him. Nothing. Nothing At all. You understand what I'm saying? Like, at all. (laughs) You have to do, like, what uh, this one college team did to Davis in this one game. When they actually put two people on him, and the person was in front of him, the other person was on behind him, and it was like, "You can't touch the ball this whole game." Man, listen, <laughs> that's where listen. That's like that's the only way you can stop him when he gets so that the, kind of a when he because he's like unconscious, like literally. It's like it's like when Dave Chappelle had the Prince skit. And it was like, "It's mm-hmm. good." <laughs> Yo, Sidell, so I have to tell you, I have to tell you. Listen, listen. There are maybe, maybe four to five NBA moments I've watched, right, in my life that made me jump out of my seat, right? Yeah. The game a couple years ago when he basically crossed half court and threw up a three against the Thunder, right, to give the Warriors the lead. I jumped out of my seat because I could not believe that I saw what I saw. I couldn't like it was one of those things like no no he no that's a he made it. Yeah. That was a like it was a I mean I want to say it was a bad shot but it can't be a bad shot if you make it. <laughs> so casually. Yeah, and then he just he just turned around and started strutting it's like you can't do anything about that. I mean, short of having someone, you know, Nancy Kerrigan him his way out of the out of the locker room and into the tunnel, I don't know what you do to Steph Curry. Man. Nothing. Like, nothing. Damn, a Kerrigan reference. Yo, yeah. what else are you going to do when he gets hot, man? Like, I'm asking you, what else do you do when he gets hot? 
What do you do? Like, like Robert Ory, the way Robert Ory took out Steve Nash that time. That's it. Like, you got to <laughs> listen. You got to do. John Chaney. John Chaney, may he rest in peace. John Chaney used to talk about sending in the goons, man. That's about all. That's all you can do with Steph Curry, man. You got to send in your last guy off the bench. Look, clothesline the hell out this dude the moment he gets the ball. Like, you probably going to get ejected. You definitely going to get fined. But he can Like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> man, you can't do nothing with Steph, man. Like, like I get where you're coming from, but let me explain something. The Sixers did not let Steph do anything, all right? <laughs> See, they didn't. Steph did what Steph does. It just was our turn for him to do it to somebody. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yo, like, I, I saw it was just like, Oh, uh, it's going to be one of them games. Okay. All right. We're not winning this one. Mm-mm. <laughs> nah. He ain't going to miss. And he picked man. Like, and, come on, man. And, 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 that's, and, and you know what? That's even more motivation. <laughs> that's even more motivation. Anybody out here with a brother, especially if you have an older brother, like, you know your older brother is not going to give you an inch, man. Not a single solitary inch. Not not today. Not tomorrow. Not ever. He should through hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how it is when you you know how it is when you dogging your young younger sibling, and then they get mad yep. and they want to fight. And that's all you can do at that point. Told you, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. All you can do yeah, is, make, is have a fight break out at this point and get him ejected yeah, from the game. Too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, man. This one is in the books. It is over with. Um, anything you want to say before we get out of here, man? Uh, if you haven't already watched it, watch Mortal Kombat. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't yet. I, I haven't yet either, but I've been hearing about it, and I'm hyped, so I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm getting my All right. popcorn ready now. All right. Um, I do want to, uh, and I didn't want to throw this at, uh, at the beginning of a segment. Um, hip hop over the last week or so, uh, we've lost two more uh, members of the hip hop community. Uh, Black, Rob Black Rob passed away last Saturday, and just Friday morning. Uh, the news of the passing of Shock G from Digital Underground. Now, most of you may know him as Humpty Hump, uh, but yeah. Shock G, <laughs> Shock, man, that was man, that was not the way I wanted to start my Friday morning. But uh, you know, it's always sad uh, when someone you basically spent a lot of your younger years, you know, seeing and listening to, is gone. Uh, but I do want to send uh, a special shout out to uh, my buddy uh, Chase Newton. Uh, he has a new song on Spotify. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but if you uh, put Chase Newton into your Spotify search, it'll pop up. Uh, so if you get a chance, check that out. He actually performed uh, yesterday. Uh, he was in my neighborhood as well, and unfortunately. I wasn't feeling too good and I wasn't able to make it out there. So, uh, Chase, if you're listening to it, uh, I know I sent you a message on Facebook. 
but again, uh, it would have been great to be around you, uh, our buddy Jeff. But unfortunately, last night I wasn't. I wasn't feeling too good. Uh, I actually uh, got my second COVID shot Friday afternoon. Um, oh, I'm, 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 I'm doing okay. You know, I'm doing okay. okay. I'm not like down Can and you, out uh, like some people have been. Right. How's your uh, How's your arm mobility? A lot of people say. Oh no. Like, oh no. Listen. Arm. Let me explain <laughs> something to you. The first shot I got, I got in my right arm. And, yeah. you know, my wife tells me, well, you should have got it in your left arm. So this time I get it in my left arm. And now I'm kind of mad that I got it in my left arm. Because I was exactly. I was supposed <laughs> to take my son to the park today to throw the football around. And nah. I can't even lift my arm, you know, like higher than just like raising my hand to say, hey, I'm over here. Yeah, I damn sure ain't gonna be throwing no football today. Maybe tomorrow, but you know, outside of you know, not feeling great. Like I, I don't feel like down and out. Okay, you know, and I know there are some people that got it and were like in bed the whole time. They were yeah. you know getting fevers, yeah. but I'm still not out of the woods yet. I'm still you know I still got a whole nother you know. 24 hours to get through before I can say I'm good completely. Hopefully mm -hmm. things stay the way that they are. Um, if not, I'll crawl my ass in this bed and watch sports all day if I have to. Hey. <laughs> you know. Always a good option. Always, always a definite option, man. And I have the baseball package, so I have no problem with staying in this bed and watching baseball all day, at least until uh, the Sixers come on and raise my blood pressure up to levels that I don't need it raised up to. All right. Well, listen, man, we will be with you guys next week. Uh, and I will be moving closer and closer to my 42nd birthday. Um, I'm going to have something. I'm going to have something in the works uh, for that. You know, and I don't again, I don't really, you know, I don't really like to, you know, puff my chest out or anything. And it won't be about me. It won't be about me. But I'm going to quickly run down uh, on May 8th, which is the day before my birthday. I'm going to quickly run down the 42 favorite sports moments that I can recall off the top of my head. Oh. I know we did a top five. I know we did a top five, but I'm going to quickly run through all 42. And I think everybody listening knows what number one is. And if you don't know what number one is, you haven't been listening to the show long enough. <laughs> all right, we're out of here, Sadell. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.